Hello and welcome to this week's episode. Before I get into any details, I wanted to give people an advisory that this episode talks about a movie that deals with suicide. If you have any thoughts of suicide, there is help. The U.S. has a national suicide and crisis lifeline, and all you have to do is dial 988. You can also text, and you can also chat if you do National Suicide Hotline on Google Search. Uh, For more information, you could go to 988lifeline.org. And now to a brighter side. For this episode, it's different compared to other ones because uh, instead of having one guest, we have two guests uh, for this week. And... During the recording, uh, me and one of the guests was ready, but the other one wasn't, and in reality, she forgot. And I decided to record the Zoom call uh, prior to the actual recording. So please enjoy. For the posterity, for the memories. Okay, so for those of you who are just entering this episode... (laughs) Um, this is a this very is, special episode. <laughs> this is a very this is a three-way call episode. <laughs> brought to you by dumbass and two smart people. I thought you were gonna say brought to you by Domino's. <laughs> <laughs> and Domino's. If you have the shits, don't eat it. Welcome to the JM podcast. This is a very special episode. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows. And anything in between, particularly what like listening to Elise walking to her house. No, no, she's scootering. Oh, she's I scootering. 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 I'm scootering. You think I can walk 17 miles an hour? My God, the thing you have in me, Jeanette. Yeah, that's she's she's quite the power walker. Heel ball toe. Heel ball toe. Heel ball toe. We're, right now we're just kind of waiting for a lease but we thought that would be a great idea to record this <laughs> so apparently yeah so we plan to record um at 10 30 and she didn't realize that we had a recording for today and we didn't set a reminder like but to be fair this is on par for a lease on a sunday morning yes <laughs> it, really especially is. for a sunday morning yes <laughs> It really is. I do so little on Sunday mornings. I don't know the Lord anymore. I mean, who knows? I, I mean, like, who who even knows at this point? Like, <laughs> where I'm are you at right home. now, Elise? I'm, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm about to turn on to my street. And then, and then be, you know, just like almost ready. And then I'll switch from my phone to my computer. Yeah. Yeah, what um, you didn't hear was that she's going. She was going seventeen in a fifty. Because um, I was on a scooter. Yeah. I was in the bike lane. That was the rules say to do. Yeah. Also, I don't think scoot- scooters could go fifty. <laughs> that would be but very yeah. extreme. That'd be quite a ride. Another bump, everyone. It wasn't a pine cone. Sorry, my head just keeps saying heel ball toe. <laughs> heel ball toe. <laughs> heel ball toe. Heel ball toe. Heel ball toe. Well, like, I mean, oh. for me, like, I remember, like, that you, you know, like, we, 
in at LNG, we would usually have to like walk, like fast walk because we couldn't run because it was like production and we were told not to run <laughs> for safety. For safety. <laughs> so I guess like that's why I was like, oh, she probably would be a fast walker. And I don't know. I don't know how fast like average people walk, like their speed. Like, I don't know. I thought 70 was like, okay, like that's a pretty... <laughs> pretty decent walk <laughs> it's like that's that's a run I'm not a runner yeah, for, but no like if you if you I wonder what's the fastest because you know they have the speed walking competition like yeah. what's the world record or something I know like there was this like one guy I guess like they did it in like Pennsylvania or something of all places uh, and I remember he broke the record. I think it was like four minutes for a mile, but I'm not quite sure. I think that might be really, really fast, but I don't know. I know like that they've been trying to add it to the Olympic category uh, for fast walking, which would be pretty funny. <laughs> That'd be a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> the, the, world, the, the world record for speed walking uh, is five minutes and 36 seconds in a mile for a mile oh wow okay right, so he's humming I actually want to see that I wonder if that's on like like a video somewhere you know those hips were working yeah I, I think like Vox or someone had like a one of those like 10 minute videos of like interviewing a professional fast walker and yeah. like you could see him like with his arms like yeah and they have those like helmets with the, the teardrop on his yeah, yeah. yeah yeah that was uh Malcolm in the middle right I think that was Malcolm in the middle <laughs> maybe I think like it was like when he was like scoot like skating no oh maybe I, I just remember an episode I think of Malcolm in the middle where the dad is like training to be a speed walker or something or maybe it was even Stevens I don't know but I just remember that weird I'm... like yeah, I think drop helmet. <laughs> yeah, I think it might have been even Stevens. I think there was like a weird like uh, subplot in that. <laughs> right. But yeah, so uh, today we are going to be. <laughs> I forgot what we were doing. <laughs> you, you forgot that I was still recording. I was like, oh, this would be an awkward like. <laughs> I totally, yeah, no, no, you're definitely gonna have to edit out that awkward silence, but I totally forgot that's what we were doing here. <laughs> you were saying? Yeah, so uh, today we are not only continuing our badass uh, female characters, but we're also doing a special segment called Hot Person Alert because this isn't uh, as campy as the other films that Elise has dealt with <laughs> and she's coming back on <laughs> hey Elise oh yeah she's coming hey. back she's made it home safely <laughs> I have been I've gone home I've gone home what a <laughs> I'm just a little <laughs> I'm really a little sweaty and a little sunburnt <laughs> oh my <laughs> god <laughs> But don't worry. Okay. <laughs> I just talked about my husband. Um, this is the lesbian talking to. <laughs> Fuck. 
Sorry, just a couple things in the fridge, I swear, and then we're done. Okay. <laughs> All right. How's everyone doing? <laughs> Glad everyone can make it on time. Okay, so we are back. Elise has arrived at her house. And... I have arrived at my house. <laughs> I'm going to about, I, during this recording, I'm going to sweat half my body weight. Okay. Both from stress and from actual shit. I didn't put my <laughs> I went to the grocery store, you see. What a lovely train. There's something rectangular in my boobicle area. <laughs> this is amazing. This I is feel like... like this is on par for me and Jeanette, though. I mean, you think you've never been privy, but this is pretty much oh, yeah. how it goes. This is... Okay, got it. Because I feel like we're... Me and Jeanette are very much like all business. <laughs> like, let's do this. <laughs> I feel like there's always some chaos. Uh, I feel. I guess I am the chaos. I'm turning into Mackenzie Fink. <laughs> I'll name names. <laughs> She's name dropping out here, people. <laughs> Today we are continuing our badass women series, and also. Uh, a special segment for Elise because mostly we do campy or niche films. Yeah. So for her segment, it would be hot person alert because <laughs> it's mainly because she liked this one particular character. <laughs> Everybody, first of all, the cast is amazing. Yes. Second of all, the chemistry. Oh my god. Woo! <laughs> 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 my god, the chemistry. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So we're starting with both series in a very special three-way call uh, episode with the 2018 post-apocalyptic horror thriller film Bird Box, which I, I was like pretty shocked that it was 2018. Like I thought it would be like 2020. <laughs> like, honestly, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, that's pandemic timing for you. Ahead of its time. Yeah way ahead of its time <laughs> so the movie is directed by susan byer and written by eric heisen's heisener and the log line is five years after an ominous unseen present drives most of society to suicide a woman and two children make a desperate bid to reach um, to safety while encountering deadly obstacles along the way I received information from Wikipedia, IMDb, Insider, Variety, USA Today, BuzzFeed, and Bloody Disgusting. Jeanette be researching. What's Bloody Disgusting, Jeanette? I have no idea. It was just this one random article in that website that, like, I think it was, like, Variety was like, oh yeah, in this interview or in this article, they talked about the creature that they were trying to portray. When you wait, when you get to the point where you uh, cite like bloody disgusting, are we gonna hear that's where you got bloody disgusting from? Like, because I feel like you should. Like, you'd be like, oh, this is the part where I got <laughs> the same <laughs> info I got from bloody disgusting, so we all know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> Let us know. Yeah, it seems. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's kind of like a horror film, TV show website that's just like articles 
similar to kind of like um, maybe variety or like some random websites that have specific genre. True. So in terms of the cast, uh, you have Sandra Bullock as Mallory Hayes. Yeah, you do. Yes. <laughs> uh, you may know her from While You Were Sleeping, 28 Days, The Proposal, The Heat, and Ocean's 8. Among other things. <laughs> what an amalgam of, of, of movies that you picked. I am personally offended that Miss Congeniality is not on this list. Yeah, oh, speed. I totally forgot. I'm really sorry. Like, oh my god. So I forgot she threw in Ocean's 8 and didn't include <laughs> Well, she probably did that for me. <laughs> oh, probably, yeah. But I was like, I'm thinking like practical magic. Like, what the hell is this list, today? <laughs> oh, god damn it. I forgot that too. <laughs> Miscongeniality too, armed and fabulous. Sorry, I guess like I I was like okay, I need to condense it. So let me get like maybe some like rant like at least something that covers most of it. But apparently I didn't. I, I think no, you didn't I, even get her Oscar one in here. Well, that's a little controversial. It is because, a little controversial. Yeah, but also you know Oscar cursed. Yeah. Uh, she won an Oscar for The Blind Side, which, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which, yeah. <laughs> Next, we have Travante Rhodes as Tom. Uh, you may know him from Moonlight, mm-hmm. 12 Strong, The Predator, which is the 2018 version and the United States versus Billy Holiday. Right. And and just so we're clear, uh, real quick, yep. like I just don't think you need to list anyone else in this movie because those are the only two that matter. <laughs> like you're done. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> I mean you can if you want to, we're but it's unnecessary. The <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna be the only times I try this. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, like <laughs> with that, uh, the rest of the cast, uh, because there's so much. <laughs> there is a lot. Actually, let's continue with the cast because I'm seeing Jackie Weaver <laughs> and Johnny Malkovich. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next, we had John Malkovich as Douglas. You may know him from Being John Malkovich. That's a really good movie. Yes, very good movie. The Red Film Series, also On great Air. Movie. God, this guy's in everything that's good. <laughs> yeah. Of Mice and Man and Johnny English. He played the French villain in that. Did he was, really? Yes, he did. It was so funny <laughs> because I was a kid when it came out. Like, I was like, mm, late tens, maybe late twelve. Tens. <laughs> And um, I remember that <laughs> on the eve of my eleventh birth, <laughs> like he played this like French uh, man as a villain. It was so funny Uh-oh, because Rose. when he got the thing that he needed, oh, I froze. I'm sorry. You froze after the, uh, uh, the late tens. Yeah, the late tens. Uh, so <laughs> he played like this French villain that wanted to get the crown jewels. And when he did get the crown jewels, he's like, I cannot believe I did this in a French accent. And he was just so, like, <laughs> proud of it. I don't know. I just thought that that was, like, my favorite part of, 
of the film. Next, we have Danielle McDonald as Olympia. You may know her from Dumpling, Unbelievable, which is a miniseries, and an upcoming TV show called The Tur- Tourist. We have Jackie Weaver as Jackie Cheryl. Weaver! Yes. <laughs> you may know her from Animal Kingdom, the Australian film, Silver Linings Playbook, The Voices. You put that in for me. Yes, I did. <laughs> I love the voices. Uh, the Disaster Artist and the Five-Year Engagement. And there are also appearances from Sarah Polson as Jessica Hayes. Yeah, there is. Uh, Rosa Sal- Sal- Salazar as Lucy. Uh, Little Ray How- Howley. Little Ray. Yeah, Little Ray <laughs> uh, as Charlie. <laughs> Tom Hollander as Gary. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly as Felix. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yes. It's just funny. <laughs> yeah, this was, I think, like, before... It's wild. Yeah. It was, um, I think, when he was, like, getting film gigs, and also this was before Megan Fox. Yes. B.D. Wong as Greg. B.D. Pruitt Taylor Vibbs as Rick the Blind Guy. Because I know, like, just saying Rick is, like, who is he? <laughs> That he's the blind guy. <laughs> you mean the wait, the one in the water? No, no, the guy that like tells him where to go. Like Oh got it. End. Got it, got it, got yeah. it. <laughs> no, the guy in the river was played by Happy Anderson. And he's the guy that played Ed Kemper, um, in Mindhunters. So okay. Get out. Wait, he's like yeah. there's multiple blind guys. But he's no, Rick no, no. the blind Rick guy. The, <laughs> no, because I put Rick the blind guy because he's not in most of the film, but he's like someone that you may know him from other films. So that's why I put like Rick the blind guy because you may not know who he is in the film. Wait, but you like, knew who the other blind guy was. Face. <laughs> no, the other blind guy was like the guy in the river. That was some random guy. That's happy the blind guy. No. There's so I'm sorry no. I, I I'm sorry that this is the one moment that I've decided to speak, <laughs> but, but honestly, <laughs> you really should specify which blind guy. <laughs> okay, so Rick, the blind guy, he is the he's the guy that tells them like, hey, like we have sanctuary at this old blind school. Yeah. And when they arrive, he's like, oh, follow me. And he's that got guy. Got he's it, that guy. It. That blind guy. <laughs> the bald Not the other guy. blind guy. Yes. That, yes, the other blind guy, he was just man in the river <laughs> for his title. And his, his like, acting name is Happy Anderson. Wait, like man, that. he was, his title was, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. His title in the river was man the, in the in the water but they don't acknowledge the fact that he's blind i mean like he's like one of the crazy guys well like, yeah he's okay i'm sorry uh l- let's just go on <laughs> it's, it's gonna bother me but it's fine <laughs> okay and we also have parmender nagra i'm sorry for <laughs> imagine you apologize for that when you butchered uh, everyone's just the name. immediate apology literally butchered every I'm person's sorry. name on this list but I, could you apologize for this one I, well 
because this one was like perp like this is like <laughs> I should have researched a bit more. <laughs> you and she plays Dr. Lapham. Uh, and then she's also someone that you may know her from Bend It Like Beckham and like ER, to name a few. <laughs> so in terms of the backstory, so the film was based on a 2014 novel of the same name by Josh Mallerman. This was his debut novel. And while writing the novel, the film The Road and The Happening were coming out, causing Josh to worry that Bird Box would never see the light of day because it has a lot of similar things with both films. Oh, you can't think like that, buddy. Can't think like that. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. no, you can't. Uh, so instead, he held onto the script until 2014. That seems like a good amount of time. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In 2013, the film rights to the novel were optioned by Universal Studios prior to its book release. And Scott Stuber and Chris Morgan were set to produce with Andy Muschietti, who is the director of It and Mama. And he was set to be the director and Eric Heiserer. Uh, was in negotiation um, to pen the script. And by July 2017, Stuber uh, becomes the new head of the feature film division for Netflix, and eventually Netflix acquired the rights of the book and hired Sandra Bullock and John Malkovich to star in. So while Morgan and Heiser uh, stayed in the project, uh, Suzanne Beyer replaces Muschietti as director. It's kind of weird because like it stated in a couple of articles that Sandra Bullock and Susan Beyer passed on the script the first time. This was dated back to 2011. In Bloody Disgusting? Is that where is that where you saw the uh, the article? Oh no no this was like in the <laughs> no this was in the insider and i think like variety oh, i think it was when they were interviewing suzanne about like the film and they stated that oh seven years ago they were given the script to look into for a possible like you know signing on to the project i guess they decided to pass the script but then when 2017 came around they decide to hop on to it. And Bayer stated in an interview, I think it was Variety, that she took on the project when asked again due to the change in the political and social atmosphere and the heightened sense of threat that pervades the world. By October 2017, principal photography began. So most of the film uh, was shot in California with the wilderness scenes on the Smith River upstate. Exterior of the house is located in Monrovia, and part of the film was shot in Santa Cruz. Hmm. Hmm. Sandra Bullock personally asked Sarah Paulson to play her sister in the film, and this was their second collaboration since Ocean's 8. And fun fact, both of them don't like being scared. Well, they picked a great movie. Sarah Paulson needs to uh, talk about that a little bit more because I don't buy that. 
<laughs> yeah, same. Like she's done a lot of scary stuff. Yeah, because like she she's in like the. She American needs to Horror answer for yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, ma'am. I believe most of your career is in horror. Yeah. <laughs> Production used live birds during the filming as much as they could. And when the birds get agitated, uh, they will replace them digitally. Oh. Yeah. How many bird wranglers were there? I have no idea. I'm assuming maybe like two people or three unknown. I guess it depends on how many varieties too of birds, because because if you yeah. I feel like they have wranglers for different species and stuff, you know, so they can handle yeah. like what they're dishing. <laughs> what I want to know is how much <laughs> bird poop they had to clean up, because I'm sure it was yeah, a no lot. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, unless they potty trained them, maybe like they oh. just like held the, but I don't know. I mean, oh shoot, I thought that was a joke. <laughs> You're being really serious. You potty train the birds. Does it have a diaper? <laughs> I bet that's in bloody disgusting. No. <laughs> no. In an interview, so this is the bloody disgusting part. So in an interview, it was mentioned that the producers wanted the creature to appear at some point in the film. And they even designed a, a creature, like the kind of like the best of it, and shot a scene with one of them. However, Bullock uh, describes the creature as a green man with a horrific baby face. And the idea was discarded because it made the scene funny than what it should be. I mean, that's fair. Looking at this thing that you put on this little outline is uh, upsetting. Um, yeah, it's... but I would laugh if uh, if that was in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was the the because it kind of looks like the guy from Captain Marvel, the the little uh, alien guy. You know what I'm talking about from Captain Marvel? <laughs> no, I'm just crazy. I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, you haven't seen? Well, then forget it. <laughs> I'm sorry. But tell the world, though, because they might have seen it. They've probably uh, seen it. I'm the one person that hasn't. The bust in this um, outline that we have, it looks like the the bad guy turned good guy from Captain Marvel. The little alien that we first think is a villain and then turns out to be the guy that they uh, help. Uh, spoiler alert. And uh, he basically looks like that. <laughs> he looks like... I have two. I have two to add here um, since we're going on this. Yeah. Um, he looks like the witch's son in Winona Earp in the second oh, season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the one that immediately dies. Because <laughs> <laughs> they immediately kill him after he comes to, back to life. And he looks like Kate McKinnon being that weird sea thing on SNL with the with the nose. Yeah, like the, you know, um, that, that the character mermaid. She did. Yeah, the weird mermaid thing that she did for a couple seasons. Oh, I guess we're doing this. So it, to me, it looks like a cherub with eczema. So yeah, I think it's like, like a, a cherub one. with like really bad eczema and no teeth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's mine. For me, it looks like my grandfather. Oh so. my God. <laughs> Shots fired. No kidding. I hope he doesn't I mean, listen to this. I mean, he he's he's like way past dead. He's oh, he's... Uh, sure. So that's so he well, that's what he, he looks like lives, now. Listens. He's so offended right next to you, Jeanette. 
No, I, I think he's like too busy looking at the horse races than, than oh, sure. just sitting sure. next to me. Like, right. Side project. <laughs> no, but he he also looks like kind of like Lord Voldemort if he yeah. stayed in the sun for a little bit too long. <laughs> yeah, he's he looks like Lord Voldemort with like varicose veins. That's what I'm saying. Yes. But like all over his like face. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. In short, it's not a great image. No. No. I mean, like, it, it is, like, kind of weird to look at, but... It would have really, like, made the film hurt, like, like yeah. bad. Like, yeah, yeah. genuinely just, oh, that's not a good movie. Yeah. yeah. As a result, they had to, like, remove it. And the film's ending was slightly different from the book. So the ending of the book uh, revealed that Mallory and the children arrive at the sanctuary unharmed. However, most of the residents were either still blindfolded or some of them intentionally made themselves blind. Like literally Ooh. like stabbed their eyes. Holy crap. Yeah. And director Susan Beyer uh, wanted the film's ending more positive and hope hopefully to end the film on like a little bit positive note or like some form of hope. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross from Nine Inch Nails were hired to score the film. Uh, the soundtrack was released two weeks after, after the film's release. However, Trent uh, criticized the producers over their use of his and Ross's music citing that the film's editor added the music on a low mix so that's why most of the time we didn't even hear any music mm -hmm. and he calls the experience a fucking waste of time which i totally get <laughs> that's fair that's yeah. fair and so as a result they decide to uh, release a full version of the soundtrack um, in November 22nd of 2019 with 13 more tracks which adds an extra hour of music for people who really wants to listen to the soundtrack. The film uses footages from Lock uh, Nengantic uh, Rails. <laughs> Do it again, Jeanette. I feel like you should just have a podcast of Jeanette pronouncing things. <laughs> So the film, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the film uses footages from Lock Megantic rail disaster uh, from Quebec. Uh, so Quebec, was... here there's yeah. great fishing in Quebec. <laughs> Sorry, it's a Letterkenny reference. <laughs> yeah. The 2013 disaster was the deadliest train. De derailment that involved a non-pastor train because it was basically this long train that was carrying oil and it derailed oh, and caused like God. these huge fires and yeah. yeah so it led to 47 deaths a lot of construction loss like most of the town there was like almost like industrial like they had to rebuild most of the mm -hmm. buildings and five of whom were presumed dead, so they couldn't even find their bodies. So they just presumed that they were dead. Holy smokes. Yeah. So with Netflix, 
Uh, apparently, they purchased the stock footage of this from a vendor, and they were using it for the film, and they decided to still keep it in the film, even though they received a lot of requests from survivors to take it out of the film. That's bullshit. Yeah. So Netflix, after some criticism, uh, they re- later removed the footage and replaced it with an outtake from a canceled TV series. I'm not sure what canceled TV series it was, but that's all it said. I thought you said Travelers. It says Travelers. <laughs> no, like, so the same footage oh yeah maybe it was i don't know it was kind of confusing because they said like a canceled tv series and then they brought up this next fact so the same footage was also used in another netflix production called travelers and both um have since been removed um from both the film and the tv show so i'm not sure if it's that canceled tv series or both of them had the same footage. So Netflix used tra- a train derailed footage for three separate entities on their site. That just seems like recycling, right? I mean, when you got it, flaunt it. Yeah. Well, I mean, clearly no, because they had to like... remove it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, they removed they removed the actual thing, not the failed series. Yeah, I know. They just what I'm keep saying reusing is like, the failed series. They footage. kept reusing it, but then they had to remove it anyway. Right? No. No? No. <laughs> That's in the movie. What they removed oh, was the actual train derailment from 2015. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. And they replaced it with this other stuff that they just keep using in other stuff. Okay. Okay. I'm back. So some people assume Bird Box was trying to cash in on the success of A Quiet Place. So A Quiet Place was released in March of 2018. I mean, I thought that it was very similar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like yeah. Bird Box was released December of the same year. So it's yeah. still, yeah. And as discussed earlier, Bird Box was in development way before yeah. A Quiet Place. So they were okay with that. And also production got word that A Quiet Place was happening by Paramount Pictures during the time that they were doing the filming, the principal photography. But they were not worried of any accusations of copy copyright infringement or like copycatting. And Sandra Bullock was blindfolded during most of the scenes um, of the film. So she sometimes like ran into the camera a couple of times because she was blindfolded um however she did remove a layer of her blindfold for the scenes whenever she was running with the children or carrying one of them i mean i would have said the same damn thing yeah <laughs> said there's a child in my fucking arms <laughs> not gonna plow into a tree <laughs> no so in the first seven days of the release um, in the U.S., uh, Nielsen ratings revealed the movie was watched by nearly 26 million viewers. So of the viewers, 36% were between 18 and 34, uh, 57% were female, 
24% uh, were black viewers and 22% were Latino viewers. However, Netflix revealed their own figures and argued that it was 45 million viewers that watched during the first week of its release. Take it what you will. <laughs> <laughs> it was mildly or completely successful. We don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Depends on who you ask. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. I will say, uh, after I saw it, everybody that I knew had also seen it. But that doesn't mean anything. We're all film kids. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like we, for, for the most part, the three of us fall in that demographic one way or another. Yes. <laughs> and yes. we've all seen I it. I was both between 18 and 34 and female. Same. Yeah, yeah. I can also add black to that. <laughs> You yeah. can. And for me, Latino, so we're... There it is. <laughs> We've got all of the boxes checked off. We're, we're basically like Netflix, like prime audience. So we agree with Netflix. And also Nielsen. Conclusion is, let's do a happy medium between the two and say 30 million. No, so 30... 34 million. Oh, 45 yeah. million. It depends on who you ask. <laughs> I mean, if we get paid by Netflix, maybe it's 45. Maybe it was 45. Yeah, maybe it was. Yeah. Who's to say? This episode was brought to you by Netflix. <laughs> I know that I'm part of the million. That's all that I know. Yep. 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 <laughs> In June 2020, uh, Netflix revealed that 89 million watched it during the first four weeks of the film's release. So if we were sponsored, it could be true. <laughs> could be true. I'm um, not going to argue it. Yeah, we can say that at least three people saw it. Yeah. Yes. Some of us saw it twice. Yes, yeah. indeed. Um, a Barclays study deduced that had the film received a traditional theatrical release, it would have grossed to 98 million worldwide, which would not only cover the 20 million budget, but it also like add like a huge profit. So apparently, I have no idea that this happened, but apparently there was a bird box blindfold challenge that occurred <laughs> after the release. <laughs> You know how you hear things <laughs> and you're like, I was alive during that time, but I can safely say that didn't happen. Yeah. Apparently it happened because there were several videos I had to double check. <laughs> so it's just a bunch of people running around blindfolded in the woods? No, it was just I'm like assuming rain. they're all white. I don't want to say how no, that's a, were... a challenge. That's just called being blindfolded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So uh, basically, people would uh, add this hashtag blindfold challenge uh, where they would make videos while performing activities like opening mail or just walking across a room. And though some of the videos were pretty harmless and no one was hurt, there was uh, a couple that were a little controversial. So there was one viral video that featured a father uh, running with his kids, like I guess in his house, and he ran, uh, like had his kid run into a hall, like to a wall, 
in an attempt to recreate the running scenes. Luckily, the kid is fine, but it was pretty <laughs> dramatic. About sorry, Elise, Elise is, is like, like cracking up. Right now. <laughs> Imagining my nieces and nephew <laughs> run into a wall blindfolded. I'm sorry. It's funny every time. But probably it wasn't. Keep going. Yeah, it's also called abuse and negligence. Yeah, yeah. that's not great. That part's not great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I tried to look for the video, but the account has since been deactivated. And it's probably good. Yeah, yeah. And then there was another incident where a 17-year-old He made his lady. children run into a wall or they were running in a hall <laughs> so, and they so plowed he, into a wall. Okay, so so what happened? So what happened was that he tried to recreate the scenes yeah. with him and his kids. So everyone was blindfolded. Yes, in this video. Uh-huh him and his kids were blindfolded and they were running across like the room in this house and he was like going towards a hallway but his son was aiming towards the wall and the guy was like kind of like you know jogging or sprinting and (laughs) yeah how old was the kid do we know he was a toddler, so I'm Aww. assuming he was like it's three. Funny. It's a Stop little funny. You're laughing at it. You're Stop basically laughing, laughing at it. This is well, no, it's just like I run into a wall at full speed often and I'm not blindfolded. I just have shit in my hands, but at, at my office. But and also I've seen my nieces and nephew do it without being blindfolded too. We're guided by a full sized man. <laughs> yeah, but that this one was blindfolded God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like I'm imagining you riding a scooter and then <laughs> driving it through a, a wall, basically. <laughs> I just I'm seeing that and it's so funny. It's I mean, I'd do it for the laughs. Do you want me to do it? I'll no, don't do it. don't don't injure yourself. Please. I wouldn't mind seeing that. <laughs> and next time you guys come over, we'll go find a scooter and a wall. No, you know, the video's uh, probably helmet, been taken though. down because he got a call from child services. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> And yes. there were probably a lot of people like being like, "Oh, you're a bad parent," you know, the typical yeah, like that old chestnut the typical <laughs> ambush. Yes. Uh, so there was another incident that included a 17 year old lady, also blindfolded and driving into oncoming traffic no. in Utah. Oh, in uh, Utah. She, well, it's fucking Utah. I feel like you said Utah yeah. or Florida. I've been like, oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean are Utah. The two. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, even if she's blindfolded, apparently Utah is, like, the worst state for drivers because, like, most of the drivers there, like, they're not that great. I'm sorry, Utah, but also you have Mormons, so. I swear to God, like, Jeanette's going to get banned from Utah. (laughs) I mean, I don't feel like I'm going to visit there anytime soon, All right, uh, here we go. <laughs> Famous last words. 
<laughs> like imagine Mitt Romney is going to call me if he finds my phone. Please, also Mitt Romney, don't call me because I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> Mitt Romney's in, in New England. <laughs> no, he's he's a representative for Utah. Oh, he is. <laughs> Yeah, he's of? Mormon. <laughs> Did you not oh. get that? <laughs> uh, so luckily, even though she crashed her car, there were no injuries. So luckily, everyone was fine. However, Layton police issued a warning about taking part in this challenge. Whoa, she didn't go to jail for that? That's still, that's still like. She should have gone to jail for the. Yeah, like yeah. at I least mean, I a think misdemeanor. At the very least, the drunk tank. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, like, because she wasn't intoxicated, they just gave her, her a ticket for reckless driving. Hmm. Yeah, you're not what? drunk. You're just a fucking dumbass. <laughs> Why yeah. would you blindfold yourself behind a car and you get off with a warning? What? <laughs> that's... No, like, they would probably ticket her. So, I mean, it would be on a record. The. You the know, cop was probably her cousin husband, so we're fine. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, like, it was a Mormon, another Mormon that yeah. she's like. Mitt Romney's niece, so she got off with a warning. Got it. Got it. Eventually, in January 2019, Netflix released a statement encouraging people not to partake in this challenge. YouTube also responded by uh, updating its community guidelines and warning its content creators not to perform to put minors in harmful situations. See, that's wild that that would happen from that one challenge in 2019 because there's yeah. so much shit that happens now that Netflix and YouTube and Twitter and everyone's like, no, it's fucking fine. Mm -hmm. It's not. Go back no. to 2019 rules. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's like very selective. Like sometimes like they like put effort in, but then sometimes they don't. Yeah, yeah. like... Why can't why can't we all release statements about Nazism and how let's not do that anymore? Mm -hmm. That I'm sh I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I agree. Zoom broke. <laughs> <laughs> My brain just like fell apart. No, no, you basically. <laughs> yeah, you want like Twitter to take down like idiots. It's just that... yeah. Like yeah. if we're gonna take if we're gonna make collective rules, sporadic rules to take down idiocy, then we should also take down like actually harmful shit. Yes. What do I know? <laughs> so in twenty nineteen of March, a sequel to the twenty fourteen novel was announced and it was released in July twenty twenty and it was called Mallory. So this was set two years after arriving at the school for the blind and Mallory and her children um, are forced out of the sanctuary after creatures manage to break into the sanctuary and they also evolve to drive blind people into madness uh, through touch. Oh. Yeah. That's and then a bummer. 12 years after that incident, Mallory uh, learns of another community of survivors that may have her parents among the occupants. What about... Oh, I'm sorry. Never mind. Oh, you were talking about, like, Olympias. No, no I was going to say, what about Sarah Paulson? But I remember now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I saw the movie. We'll explain that. <laughs> 
And that's kind of all that I know of of the book. And Hmm. in terms of the reviews, it was pretty mixed. Some people liked it, some people didn't. In June of 2020, uh, Netflix uh, revealed that a sequel is in development. And in March 2021, it was revealed that the feature would be receiving a Spanish language spinoff. Hmm. Almost kind of like they're in the same universe, but just a different person. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Wait, isn't Sandra Bullock like retiring though? Oh, really? She I is? heard that she said her last movie was um, the one that just came out, The Lost City. So are they doing oh. that with her or is she or is she is it with somebody else or is it supposed to be like once they're older? Well, sorry. I know this is like early <laughs> and uh, bloody disgusting hasn't revealed those uh, details. Yet, but <laughs> I, just, I just, you know, I'm just curious if she's going to be involved or not. I mean, like, it would be kind of weird if like she's in one film and then they immediately hire like a B-list actor to finish the sequel. I, I don't think... I think that they may have to bring her. I mean, who knows? Maybe she's already signed on to it. Maybe it's kind of like she stopped signing contracts for new movies. Okay. Who knows? Maybe. I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see. <laughs> so in terms of the summary, uh, the film begins with a voiceover claiming that there is a safe place um, however, the man warns that the fastest way to get to the compound is down the river, making it difficult to do so uh, with children. Uh, it then cuts to Mallory Hayes informing two children, boy and girl, about the journey that they will take. Uh, she tr- sternly instructs them not to make any noises, not to remove their blindfolds, and to listen to every direction that she gives them. Um, If they fail to follow her instructions, they will die. And after gathering their supplies and placing the birds in the box, uh, Mallory and the children put on their blindfolds and hurry down the hill towards the river. And Mallory places the children on a riverboat and paddles down the stream. jumps back to five years earlier yeah because we gotta know what the hell's going on yeah Yeah, no it's like they're just jumping through time here just on and off so i feel like we should just make sure it's clear that one minute we're in the past the next minute we're in the present future you know so like and then they sort of like converge until we get to where we are now which is present yeah it's like a yeah it's like a full circle and then we get back to this moment yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It jumps back in time to five years earlier where a pregnant Mallory paints in her studio as her sister, Jessica, arrives with food. Sarah Paulson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Jessica informs Mallory about the panic outside, causing Mallory to turn on the TV. And each of the channel reports about an unexplained mass suicide spreading across Europe and Asia. And though a reporter argues that the CDC does not believe the incident to be pathological or viral, uh, Mallory mutes the TV as a map projects, like kind of like Russia and Alaska, and just like an arrow kind of pointing towards Alaska, hinting the spread is 
happening. So Jessica mentions about seeing a guy and asks Mallory to join her. And Mallory declines, stating that she has an OG appointment. Uh, sorry, OB appointment. To which... Uh, <laughs> just that... She was right the first time. She's it was got an, an OG, OG appointment. appointment. Big bang. <laughs> <laughs> all day, all day. <laughs> Uh, so Jessica offers to drive her and then they kind of have like a little like spiff between them where we learn that oh Jessica likes horses and then also that Mallory was uh, dating a guy named Ryan and I guess like she's having Ryan's baby but then Ryan left and even though Mallory was like oh like it was a breakup Jessica was like, well, he was more like a roommate. <laughs> yeah. And she likes her horses. Mm-hmm. She re- hey, like, just so you know, she really likes horses. She, she likes has horses. Fun facts. That's Jessica's <laughs> thing. She's Tina. She's Tina Belcher. Yes. Minus the monotone. She has a little bit pep in her voice. But also a little <laughs> yeah. bit, though. It's like a raspy sort of uh, thing going on. So maybe it's a correlation between, like, weird voices and horse loving. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe the maybe the creatures are actually kind of like the workers for horses. Maybe the horses are oh, eventually. Yeah. The horses are in charge. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Wow. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Just making up shit. <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> That's probably not true. <laughs> uh, so Jessica and Mallory then go to the hospital for Mallory's appointment. And um, they kind of have, like, an ultrasound with uh, Dr. Lapham. Who was in Bended Like Beckham. Yes, yes, the lesbian in Bended Like Beckham. Mm -hmm. One of the lesbians (laughs) in Bended Like Beckham, yes. That whole movie was just lesbians. (laughs) No, they were supposed to be. Oh. No, I thought that they were perceived as being lesbians. No, they, they were in the originals. They were supposed to end up together. Oh, I thought and you then they that said, thing "You do where like every person's a lesbian." <laughs> no, I no, it's not the gay goggles. This is like a real thing. Okay. No, like, like your gay dar is like way off. <laughs> I've read lore that originally they were supposed to end up together, and then you know, as studios do, they were like, mm, "This, but not gay." Uh-huh. Throw in a man, <laughs> and so they did. Yes. They throw in Jonathan Reese Myers. <laughs> so while they're at the appointment, they kind of like to like another like kind of like small talk where Mallory is kind of like making fun of like, oh, yeah, like I had this thing in my belly and it's not taking the pregnancy seriously. Yeah. And so Dr. Lapham uh, argues that they will get to a point where they will be in the delivery room and they will have to like give birth to this thing and claims that she cannot ignore it and hoping that it will go away sometime. So Lapham offers Mallory a pamphlet for adoption, arguing that she can just give up the baby uh, for someone who really wants to. And it's like no judgment, uh, totally anonymous, like doesn't need to worry about that. It then cuts to Mallory puking in the bathroom and Jessica, it's like, oh, are you okay? Like, you know, is it chunky? Like, kind of like, 
forgot you said that. Uh, so Mallory was like, oh, just go get the car. I'll meet you downstairs. Yeah. And Ma- uh, Jessica heads downstairs. And as Mallory follows behind, like maybe 10 or 20 seconds later, uh, this woman in a very bad 2000 tracksuit. It's so true. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Is, it was That is the perfect description. Exactly. I'm like, wait a minute. Is this like 2003? Like, is... Yeah. <laughs> so she begins slamming her head against a window because uh, she's kind of in this like glass hallway in between buildings. It's like a skywalk. Yes. Like everyone's like trying to like calm her down. A nurse is trying to attend to her while a security officer is trying to get like backup basically yeah and maui heads to uh jessica's car informing jessica that the unknown chaos that's been happening in europe and asia is now happening here yeah she's like it's here it's here here. drive drive go yeah she's like go go and then just it's like oh my god like what happened like she's just calmly like driving well she's calm but she's also not she's because it's that's you know, it's that sister, like, we're both agitated and now we're going this way, but I don't know what's going on. It's the I don't know what's going on panic. Yeah. Uh, so as chaos ensues, Marley orders Jessica to drive while Jessica encourages Mallory to just come with her and stay at her place for the time being. But Mallory's like, well, I don't have any clothes and also I'm pregnant, so none of your clothes is going to match or, like... going to fit basically um so while mallory tries to get jessica's phone um in the back seat jessica sees something inexplicably um that basically drives her insane and she deliberately crashes her car like she kind of like veers off to a parked car they do something cool to her eyes too yeah yeah like her eyes were like watery but then you could see in her iris that like these like kind of like some flickery wavy yeah twinkly whatever yeah (laughs) so she she veers off and then kind of like does that um stunt where the car one side of the car kind of goes off a ramp and it kind of does like a flip upside down you gotta have a car flip with a pregnant lady otherwise what's the point Mm-hmm. What's the point of having the pregnancy? What's the What's the point of driving a car in an apocalyptic movie with a pregnant lady if you're not going to flip it? <laughs> well, Jeanette, what's the point of having a pregnancy without a car flip? <laughs> <laughs> in, an apo- in, an, in, an, in an apocalyptic film, specifically. Yeah. With Sarah Paulson. Yeah. With Sarah yeah. Paulson as the driver. <laughs> and Sandra Bullock uh, as the pregnant lady. <laughs> yes. So, uh, though uh, both of them are alive and, you know, only have minor injuries, Jessica is still kind of in that trance, and she just kind of looks at Mallory kind of dead face almost, before backing up, and then a truck just slams I mean, it is, it is Mean Girls, it is Final Destination, it is exactly what you think it is. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, can I take a moment real quick? Because 
You mentioned earlier that Sandra Bullock specifically asked for Sarah Paulson for this. So she basically was like, Mm -hmm. who could play my sister and walk into traffic? Sarah Paulson, (laughs) right? And so I wonder, (laughs) why why specifically did she need Sarah Paulson for that? (laughs) Like two days of work that culminates in her walking in front of a truck. Like what? What about That's that so screams true. Sarah Paulson? <laughs> I'm just curious. That's a good question. That that is a good question. I mean, I I understand. Let's take it to Sandy. Sandy, you're on the line. What do you have to say? <laughs> well, you know, Elise. <laughs> she must have one of those faces that uh, that screams, "I like walking into traffic" or something. That must be what it is. Yeah. yeah. Like, I like flipping cars with a pregnant lady and with Sandra Bullock, particularly. <laughs> yeah. Like, maybe she knew about Ratchet, because isn't that Sarah Paulson, too? Ratchet? Yeah. She's in, yeah. She's in that, and maybe that face, that trailer came out, and she was like, ooh, that would be perfect for my movie where she dies almost instantly. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. Or well, she maybe. was too busy having sexual tension in Ocean's 8 with her and so she said let's flip this and let's be sisters (laughs) and then you die because you refuse to kiss me I wouldn't put it faster yeah maybe she's still bitter about that maybe she's maybe she's maybe she's bitter (laughs) talk about I mean Ocean's 8 talk about somebody that Sandra Bullock has chemistry with every single person in the fucking cast (laughs) Ugh, I just can't get over the list of, of movies you had for Sandra Bullock. The Heat, Ocean's 8. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Jeanette always has the most colorful uh, <laughs> movies. We once, wh- which one, which Anna Kendrick movie did we do first? I think it was Simple Favor. And she was like, you know, Anna Kendrick from Up in the Air. <laughs> You may know her. No mention of Pitch Perfect. (laughs) And she also said Twilight. She didn't say Twilight. (laughs) No mention of Pitch Perfect at all. (laughs) So, anyways, she flips a car. (laughs) Uh, So, as Mallory flees and is still in shock about Jessica's death. Like someone kind of like guides her to one direction, and so she runs with the crowd, but then gets pushed by someone else, and she's still confused, and she's still trying to like figure out like what's happening. Um, she remains on the ground while a woman um, who was heading towards this one house uh, decides to go back and try to help her. It's um, it's uh, Malkovich's wife, right? Yes. Uh, so the woman sees the uh, this entity uh, before going into a trance, and basically she just walks to a car on fire and just sits in the driver's seat, yeah. basically dying. It's fucking it was, wild. Yeah. Yeah, but like she had uh, she not helped um like Sandra Bull- or helped Mallory, she would have been fine. But she decided to go back to help this random pregnant woman in the middle of the street. Um, yeah. <clears throat> And as a result, she... Immediately causing her death. Exactly. So, just to lead into that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And John Malkovich the whole time is like, honey, no, don't do it. We have to go inside. Yeah. Right. 
so just then, Tom. John, uh, <laughs> yes. John Malkovich. Yes. N- no, no, Tom. Tom, the oh, hot guy. Oh, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> this is a point. I don't know anybody's <laughs> names. <laughs> Tom, Trenton, Trente. Yes, the love of my life. Okay, yeah, keep going. So just then, Tom (laughs) picks up Mallory uh, from the street and orders her to keep her eyes down as they head towards the house. And they head to the front door, and it's closed and it's locked. So he's like, open the door. I have a pregnant woman. And then Lucy jumps in, who's this kind of, like, police academy person. And she's like, oh, I'm with the police. Like, open the door. Let us in. And while that's happening, inside the house, you had B.B. Wong as Greg. uh, With John Malkovich, who plays Douglas. And Greg is like, oh, like, I should open the door. But then Douglas is like, no, like, close it, leave it. But he's still, like is watching his wife's body burn basically what whose house is it it's uh, this Wong's. is yeah it's greg's house okay bd wong's um so after some hesitation greg ignores douglas's like orders and lets the two and lucy in lucy tom and maori join six other people in the kitchen as they try to figure out what's happening they're trying to watch breaking news of the report but um they get no signal after maybe like a few seconds and then none of their phones are working and they also kind of describe like some of them experiencing like their friends or co-workers just seeing the entity and also you know, going into a trance and committed suicide. While that is happening, uh, Douglas claims that it's a biowarfare, while Charlie, um, who's this kind of like grocery store worker, argues that humanity has been judged and it might be some form of religious, um, like apocalyptic event. So believing that um, the people are affected by sight they decide to cover the windows of the house and um while that's happening tom tries to check in on mallory uh but she argues that she's fine and then she kind of like starts like tearing up and describes jessica's death arguing that jessica was never suicidal no she had horses yeah, she had a horse. She had fun facts about horses. She okay, did. people who are not suicidal don't have fun facts about horses. She also just act, asked about her chunky vomit. Yes. Oh yeah, that's a good reason. It must have been like the Campbell's mushroom. Mm. <laughs> oh God. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> so Douglas then interrupts. Um, accusing Mallory of killing his wife. That's fucking fair, but also she is pregnant. Yes. And then it it then flash fours to the future present, where Mallory and the kids are six hours into the river journey, 
and Mallory checks on the birds while checking on her walkie-talkie, like basically asking for help to see if there's anyone nearby that uh, is also seeking help or you know has shelter of their own. Just then an entity passed by and so Mallory is just like silent for a bit because uh, like she's kind of like under a blanket yeah and then the kids are like taking a nap and returns back to the house and three days have passed by and some argue that they had to seek more food soon. Can we let's just stop right here for a second. Yep. This is a guy who lives with his partner, and they have three days worth of food for upwards of seven people, just like ready to go. That's wild to me. I barely have enough for me for a week. Yeah. I mean, like, who knows? Maybe they had like something planned for that weekend or something. That's fair, but it's just. Yeah, I feel like homeowners have like rations. You know. Yeah, I guess that's true. Uh, must be nice. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> must be nice being prepared. <laughs> must be nice being able to afford to be prepared. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. So Douglas uh, continues uh, to kind of like put the blame on Mallory. Is Jackie? We- Jackie's already in here, right? Yes. Okay. Jackie's Queen Jackie. Queen Jackie doing her American accent once again. <laughs> yeah. Douglas argues that Mallory is not rationing her portions, and then they hear a knock at the door. And then Tom goes to the door and calls out, and a woman pleads for help, and she's like, oh my god, I'm scared, like, can can you let me in? And Douglas orders Tom not to open the door, thinking that, oh, it might be some crazy person, or, like, opening the door door may bring the entity inside but Mallory immediately grabs Douglas's shotgun yeah she does like a boss ass bitch (laughs) yeah Uh, signaling that she will shoot the woman if need be and once they cover the door frame she does like a whole to do and he's like do you even know how to use that and she's just like (laughs) that's gun noises and (laughs) i'm surprised you didn't add that in there Jeanette, because that's like the coolest part (laughs) she's like i know all about this (laughs) well because like it's like kind of it's like right after the woman comes in and then douglas makes a a snarky comment about it and then she does yeah (laughs) yeah and like i feel just i feel like because because of janelle's um wonderful dulcet tones you don't realize that like right now douglas is like the scourge on the group like fully like even like as an audience member you're watching it he sucks so bad yeah he's kind of the worst he's he's the curmudgeon-y grumpy old dude but he's yeah. like a straight up dick. Like you're sitting here thinking, he like, oh, what do you have to complain about now? Like he hates everybody. He complains about everything. He blames everyone for everything. He's so annoying. <laughs> he mm-hmm. is the epitome of a grumpy old man. Right. Yeah, and then also for like backstory of the character, like he's like a lawyer for bankruptcy, and then he also, uh, prior to the apocalypse. He tried to sue Greg and his partner for remodeling their house. Because... Yeah, the man whose house he is currently living in, mm-hmm. right. mind you. Yeah, because he's like, oh, well, I have to see that thing. And I don't like their plans of 
modernizing the house so he wanted to sue <laughs> so already he's not the nicest guy <laughs> yeah so once the woman enters the group finds out that she's pregnant as well and so this is dumpling this is olympia mm-hmm and surprisingly, she's pregnant around, going to be due around the same time as Mallory. So knowing that they have to gather food soon, Greg believes that they could see what's happening outside through the surveillance cameras. Thinking that since it's like not necessarily their own eyes, that it's like another like technology or something. So it's not directly like seeing the entity yeah so greg volunteers to test to see if it's safe however it fails and he also gets into a trance and everyone else is downstairs and then they hear the thumping this thumping sound and it's when they arrive to the room that greg is at um it's literally Greg kind of like trying to tip his chair so he could basically break his neck yeah as they entered the room the desk like flips over and greg commits suicide that night olympia joins mallory in like the bedroom that they're that mallory is sleeping in arguing that they should stick together because it's a whole thing that like the baby will know if like the mother is lonely or something it's something like about that yeah uh so as mallory asked um about mallory's personal life and family mallory kind of gets choked up and excuses herself and heads downstairs <laughs> and then while she's downstairs she hears something so upon further inspection she encounters lucy and felix having sex in the laundry room mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's a very graphic shot and yeah you it's from up, the side yeah, yeah yeah so there he's fully pounding her like in the laundry room but like also yeah. they kind of well at least lucy seems to hate felix before that mm -hmm. encounter so it's supposed to be very shocking because he's been trying to like hit on her the whole time and she's like i'm not into it so for for Mallory to open the door and they're like like doing the horizontal poke Full on. like it's just it's just wild it's a wild shot yeah yes. wild but I genuinely wasn't that surprised I was kind of waiting for that to happen there's always the couple in the apocalyptic film that has to go fuck somewhere yes yeah but you think it's someone who like showed affection before that moment I mean, that's, that's fair, but that's I fair. think all roles are off in apocalyptic films. I think it's just the two people that interact with each other. Yeah. Also, it's Machine Gun Kelly. Like, I mean. Yeah, he was definitely going to be the one that's fucking somebody. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was on his contract that he had to fuck someone. I mean, not literally, but just like. But probably. <laughs> <laughs> Tom. Uh, comes out of the garage and then they kind of have like a little like <laughs> they have a moment between each other a flirtatious and encounter yeah the first yeah. of many because <laughs> yes. he's like oh like that's gonna be you know hard to get rid of in your mind and Mallory's like yeah like <laughs> then she's like oh I guess I got to go you know wash my clothes maybe tomorrow morning or something like that <laughs> so back uh to the river 
the trio is 14 hours into the trip. And as Mallory paddles, they hear a man. And this is the man in the river, Happy Anderson. He's the other blind guy. <laughs> is this Are the he... guy that uh, that plays Ed Kemper? Yes, that was okay. the one that played Ed Kemper. Okay. They hear him arguing that it's safe, you know, to take off their blindfolds. Like, oh, like, it's so beautiful. Like, he was, like, kind of saying that to them, persuading them. And Mallory asks boy and girl to hide while she kind of, like... Yeah, that's their names, by the way, boy and girl. Yes. I don't know if we, like, really super noted that, because... She refuses to name them. They're like six. No, I, th- I thought they're they... full. They're they're like six. Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. They're six yeah, years they're old six. and they don't have names. Yeah, they're just boy and they're girl. Mm-hmm. I yeah. just I just think it's wild. Yeah. While like Mallory is like holding this gun and blindly like trying to aim towards the guy's voice. He sneaks up on them and tries to take Mallory's blindfold off, arguing that he has seen the truth and the entities are here to cleanse the world. Uh, She grabs her machete and kind of like nicks the guy's neck. Like he like, she like kind of chops like into his neck. Because he's like, is he grabbing her from behind? Yeah. Or is she just, I can't remember, is she swinging at him or is she like trying to swing behind herself? Like the way that she was positioned, she was facing towards him and so they're facing each other. Right, 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 right. And then when he tries to take hold of the gun and then try to take her blindfold, she kind of leans back and then she grabs the machete nearby and then kind of like, like lifts up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Once that happens the man eventually sinks into the river possibly dying from the loss of blood and then it cuts back to the house where tom argues that they should go get food charlie claims that they have to go to the supermarket nearby because that's where he used to work at and then while tom mallory uh douglas and lucy volunteered uh charlie refuses to go and it's kind of like a funny moment because he passes the keys to tom and then tom gives the keys back he's like no 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 you guys you guys go like i don't i don't need to go he eventually joins the group when mallory uh claims that the trip can be part of his research for his apocalyptic book oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah because this is a guy that not only is working at a supermarket, but he's also writing a book on the side. Post-apocalyptic book. Yes, exactly. And it's not the type of post-apocalyptic book that's like Maze Runner. It's, it's completely <laughs> different. <laughs> After they black out the windows of the SUV that's in the garage, they use the GPS and the car sensors to guide them throughout the store. Mm-hmm. And even though they run over some people, uh, Tom and assures them. And, yeah. Yeah. Tom assures them that, oh no, it's just a bump. Just like, a bump. Not a person, just a bump. Yep. Just but it's a like, bump. it's not, they run over dead people. It's not like like actual people in the street, like, hey, a car. Right. Oh no. It's yeah, like no, a they're not a, like, body. they are people that have, that have, yeah. that have, that have killed died us. already yeah. <laughs> yeah uh so as they travel the sensors detect 
the entity and it's like all around them and outside we could see like leaves like kind of like flying in like a vortex um while everyone else is like bracing for like just the impact and such and the entity i guess climbs onto the car and tom is like okay i'm just gonna do this so he uh puts the car in drive and just speeds off and <laughs> he kind of like speeds for a bit until they finally arrive at the supermarket and uh once like the safe like the coast is clear they take off their blindfolds and they begin shopping around um the markets while gathering like non-perishable supplies and such while douglas is getting drunk from the liquor yes tom gives mallory diapers as a baby shower gift mm-hmm. and yes he does as, yes <laughs> flirting with a pregnant woman 101 <laughs> yes yes he said i know what you're gonna need you're gonna need some diapers so uh as they talk tom discovers that they actually live close to each other and kind of arguing that you know it would have been great if they met earlier or you know kind of envisioning what could have happened if they met earlier and mallory jokes that she could have been his babysitter to which he reiterates my hot babysitter. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and I cannot, I cannot iterate enough. <laughs> the amount of sexual tension. Yes. Sexual. That is just flowing between these two people. It is like, I've said it before and I will say it until the day that I die. I have never, ever in my life wanted two characters to fuck more than in this movie. <laughs> well, I also just want to say, like, for those of you at home who don't know what Trevante Rhodes looks like, I would take a moment to Google him because he is Please fine do as it. hell. He is so good looking. It's insane. <laughs> so it's just do yourself truly a favor. Wild. Like, take a little dessert with this meal <laughs> and just Google him real quick. <laughs> like... Two of, two of quite possibly the most beautiful people in the world. Yeah. Just sexual tension, left, right, center, upwards and downwards. Yeah, and also too, and I, I know we've said this before, but like, uh, Sandy and Trevante are like 30 years apart <laughs> in yeah. age. And they're still killing it. <laughs> they are killing the game. It's truly wild. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember sorry like going back to the first time we watched this film together so for those of you who don't know we had lunch and then we decided to watch Bird Box because we were talking about Trevante Rhodes because Elise was like oh my god he's so hot he's <laughs> truly the hottest human I have ever seen in my life and great teeth so, too <laughs> amazing teeth amazing teeth amazing teeth like whoever did his teeth or if they're natural teeth (laughs) if it was god or someone like (laughs) congratulations (laughs) but yeah like we we went to elisa's apartment 
to watch it. And it was kind of funny. I think it was this scene or it was another scene that I could, I guess like I glanced at Elise. Because like the way that we pres- we were positioned was that Nan and Zinga were on the couch and Elise was like kind of like at angle. She's really setting recliner. up a play-by-play. <laughs> you just yeah. lay out the whole day. Before we watched the movie, we went to Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Buffalo Wild Wings. And I think it was this scene that, like, I glanced at Elise, and her mouth, I kid you not, was a gate. <laughs> she was just like, oh. and so were my legs. <laughs> You know, she jokes, but that probably is how she was. Yeah, I think, Knowing like, Elise. she was hiding it in, like, a blanket or something at the time. No. <laughs> <laughs> Said, hello, sailor. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's what happened. And this that is why we are here, to talk about this film. <laughs> and can I possibly be a third? Yes. In that relationship. Uh-uh, getting wise. <laughs> <laughs> After that moment, uh... The sexiest moment I have ever seen in my whole life, and they're talking about fucking diapers? <laughs> yes. Um, Mallory argues that he's only saying this because this is the end of the world, but then he kind of is like, no, I don't think so, and, you know... Like, you know, you know. <laughs> uh, so, once she moves to the... Sorry, sorry, Elise was, like, winking. I feel like Elise needs a cool-down moment. <laughs> I'm still revved up from our walk earlier. She's My like, good God. beat red. <laughs> Leave me alone, I'm sunburned. <laughs> like, truly look at this and Zynga. Oh, my God. She's beat red, but and it, it has something to do with Toronto Rose, but also because she went to the grocery store and rode back on his Yeah, scooter. and then she scooted, scooted her way back to yeah. going 15 miles. <laughs> the combination <laughs> caused her sunburn. <laughs> well, because I walked there, and it's like a mi- it's like two miles there. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh... And then I get this text saying, where you at, bruh? And I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Once she moves to the front part of the store, Mallory spots three birds in a cage. um, And she's so shocked that to find them that they have survived. Little parakeets. They are the same birds that she's feeding and taking care of. Yes. I believe. On the river. Yes. These are the same birds that she has... um, in the future present. Uh, so just then, a drunken Douglas makes a speech and asks everyone to head over to the liquor aisle. And then he's like, oh, like, I am going to propose a toast uh, to make, um, I think it was like to make like apocalypse great again, or it was something about that. It was like a Trump like uh, joke that he thought it was a great joke. Yeah, it was a very, very grumpy old man Republican joke. Yes. He decides that, oh, they should just stay at the store because it's like they have a year's supply of food and, you know, items 
uh, here and they could just live off of that for the time being. But Mallory argues that everyone else at Greg's house is waiting for them and relying on them and doesn't want everyone else to starve. That is when they are interrupted by someone pounding on, I believe it was a freezer door. Um, I thought it was, it was a loading dock door. See, that was the thing, because mm. I thought it was a loading dock, but then he states that for them to let him in, because he claimed that they tricked him and they locked him in this room. So I don't know yeah. if it's a freezer. It kind of sounded like it was a freezer. Yeah, but... I don't know. It's a door to the back. Yeah, it's a back door. Not not that type of back door, but it's... <laughs> <laughs> this unknown man is like oh please let me in you know i've been tricked and tom decides to open the door ajar and charlie like overhearing this voice he discovers that it's one of the workers um, named fish fingers and though charlie claims that the guy was a little bit crazy he behaved nice towards others then the guy's behavior changed really quick and he tries to push the door open so that everyone could see what he sees and the birds go crazy as tom lucy and douglas try to push the door closed and uh, Charlie decides to sacrifice himself and charges at Fish Fingers, allowing the door to close on both of them. Yeah. Soon they hear like a cut and then blood like seeps out of the bottom frame of the door. Yeah. And everyone's like, holy shit. Like, and they basically leave and... I mean, that's too much blood to fall out of somebody and yeah. then still be alive. Yeah. Yeah, so assuming that Charlie's dead, they leave while Fish Fingers continues to plead for someone to let him in. Yeah. Uh, so when they return, Douglas makes a snarky comment about Charlie before Mallory basically like confronts him, saying that he saved our lives, you asshole. And after that moment, Douglas and Mallory meet up in the kitchen. I'm assuming it was like. 10 or 20 minutes went by and they kind of make up in a way but it's like almost like a sarcastic way of making up yeah because like Mallory jokes about how Douglas reminds um her of her father but claims that her father had more hair than Douglas yeah (laughs) and while they're um kind of like making up they hear the garage door open and they soon discovered that Lucy and Felix have jumped ship and took the car and maybe some supplies. Yeah. Straight up assholes. She's yeah. supposed to be a cop mm-hmm. and she fully abandons them so she can get some ass in a different place. And they she steal they steal the car and just take off. I don't and, know. It seems like a understand we're just trying to get rid of people, but like also then like right. maybe just don't have the characters to begin with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Maybe. I understand, like that. I understand that they're serving a point, which is like now they don't have that ability to get out of there when they want to. But like, yeah, seems like there's another way. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I feel like it's kind of like a dumb thing to yeah. do because it's like you're gonna run out of supplies and the gas is gonna run out too. 
So. Yeah, they didn't take the food. <laughs> they were just like, let's leave. Yeah. Yeah, they were like, let's just like get out of here and go somewhere else. And it's like, where are you going to go? He's like, let's yeah. put ourselves at risk so that we can fuck in another place. That's literally what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So flash forward to back to the river. Mallory and the kids are a day into the journey. As Mallory paddles on, the boat bumps into this abandoned bus that's kind of like in the center of the river. And it causes Boy and his backpack to fall out of the boat. And Mallory manages to save Boy, but loses the backpack that contains their food and blankets. And that is when she uh, hears wind chimes uh, and docks a boat in search of more supplies. And I think it was kind of like a camp grounds in a way it looked like a yeah, look like those it. like sleepaway camps it d- yeah it looks like a, like a like some sort of camp mm-hmm. once Mally enters the building and gathers some supplies uh she finds that the um the sh- device that has like a string like attached to the boat yeah and it kind of like guides her back to the boat it almost looks like like a like a like, like a, a fishing reel a fishing almost. thing yeah, yeah. A fishing a, yeah a fishing string but she sees like the kind of string being pulled back towards the door and it was attached to a bed frame and it's kind of like drags back to the door so mallory panic she heads back to the boat but trips as an entity approaches and she tries to use her gun but it causes girl who's back at the boat to believe that she is in danger so girl ventures out of the boat and tries to call out for mallory's name there's also sorry to interrupt but there's also been tension between mallory and girl this whole Mm -hmm. time yeah so like to the point that, like, you kind of know that she did not birth Mallory. I mean, birth Mallory. She did not birth girl. <laughs> like, she birthed boy. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, like, it's that kind of tension. Yeah, and it's, like, we haven't learned technically but yet. But we haven't that learned that true. officially. But it's clear yeah. that, like, she has a little bit of favoritism for boy over girl. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. like, boy, like, lost the backpack and Mallory didn't get mad at him. But when she finds out that girl stepped out of the boat, Mallory lectures her not to leave the boat and to just save herself. Right. Yeah. But I would also argue too, like for a six year old girl, like girl has a lot of moxie. She's got a lot of moxie. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's got a like, lot of moxie. She's, yes. she's, she's like, definitely got she's more truly personality than a Sandra than Bullock boy. in the making. Yeah. 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 Mallory lectures lectures her that she cannot trust her as girl. Kind of tries to hide her emotions. Like she's a little sad. That little girl, by the way, that little actor, she's a fucking powerhouse. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And she's what? So they're like six, maybe. Yeah. yeah. They're yeah. They're little. Like they look six. Mm-hmm. So like I'd say like at most eight. Like my niece who's nine right now looks nine. I mean like when kids are those like younger ages they just look that specific age yeah so like she had to have truly been six right yeah i think so i i think she was oh my god she made me cry like a bitch baby 
Oh yeah, she was so cute, like with her like cheeks. And yeah, like that. she's got acting chops for someone who had to be blindfolded for most of the movie. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so back at the house, uh, Mallory tries to call for help using the walkie-talkie. Uh, when she overhears Olympia letting a stranger named Gary into the house. Yeah, I also just want to say, like, Olympia's got, like, despite, like, potentially girl being her daughter, we don't know yet. Yeah. But, like, like, if girl has, like, all the moxie and savvy of of one person... Her potential mother has the opposite, like full, full idiot. She's very trusting <laughs> and a dumbass. She's just like mm-hmm. everyone's okay. I know that like the world may be ending or whatever, but we should just love everyone and let everyone into the house. She's like, <laughs> she's like a fucking hippie, like yeah, girl. You're yeah, literally, girl. You are not girl. You can't trust anybody. <laughs> also, she wanted to name her kid, her kid like a disney princess name yeah like i was like yeah i i, she was I like i know it's silly but like blah 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 and it's like and, and mallory's yeah. like what <laughs> not if i end up taking care of her <laughs> at least like man i was gonna give this one away yeah. <laughs> gary once inside he tries to tell them about this incident where patients from a mental hospital broke into the home that he was sheltering in with like one of his colleagues and they took them outside and tried to force him and his colleagues to open their eyes to see the creature and though gary claimed that he did not open his eyes Douglas feels something is off and orders him to leave at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. Which I would say, like, this is kind of, like, the part where he he knew something was up. Yeah, he's not just being grumpy old man. Like, it is a truly suspicious situation. Yes. But to be fair, he felt that way about Olympia, too. He did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And was probably right about that as well. <laughs> he doesn't like outsiders. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, however, Cheryl knocks Douglas out. Um, and Cheryl's Tom... Jackie Weaver. Yes. Uh, and Tom. I just locks... want the world to know who Cheryl is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you should be picturing Jackie Weaver with a vase going boop boop. Yes. I don't know if with there's her... a vase. With her American accent. With her American accent. <laughs> so, however, uh, Cheryl knocks Douglas out and Tom locks. Douglas in the garage which Jackie Weaver is very short and he's very tall so she yeah (laughs) I was like like, damn how did she knock him out it was a lot of fun anyways so Olympia later apologizes to Mallory but argues that she knew that like she wanted to help him because she knew what it felt like yeah um being out there so Mallory assures her that everything is okay before Olympia asks Mallory to take care of her baby if something has ever happens to her. Uh, though Mallory claims that she will be alive to see her baby, um, she gives Olympia a Hello Kitty gift. And it's kind of like one of those like keychains with yeah. like a furry version of Hello Kitty. So it's not plastic, but it's like the fabric. It's squishy yeah so on it goes back to uh the river 
and it's the 38th hour um, on the river and Mallory informs boy and girl about the rapids that are, are coming up and how one of them would have to look for Mallory um, because she can't see and she needs one of them to kind of guide her through the rapids so they don't tip over. Mm-hmm. Uh, boy it's a very vo- intense moment. Yes. yes. <laughs> boy volunteers, but Mallory argues that she will decide when it gets close. And that's even more intense. Yes. It's like, it's just like every, your entire stomach is in knots at this moment. Yes. And, and I'd say by now we, we're all convinced that girl is not hers. And everyone's like, oh, she hates girl. Ooh, it's going to be girl. girl. <laughs> so we're all it's just sitting there like, girl. she's going to pick girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> like biting your nails and like, I can't look, but I got to. And right. I can't not look. <laughs> so once that uh, kind of like meeting happens, it then comes back to the house and Olympia goes into labor. She is con- going through contractions. Cheryl immediately takes her upstairs as Mallory gathers supplies. However, her water breaks right in front of Douglas, who's kind of like staring through the garage door. Um, and it's kind of like that, that type of door where there's like a glass window. Yeah looking into the house and (laughs) this is also like a funny moment because Mallory is just trying to like hold herself together while gathering supplies and Tom realized something is happening and he's like okay like we gotta Mm -hmm. take you upstairs and she's like no I don't want it I don't want it (laughs) like he immediately knows that she too is in labor Mm -hmm. yeah he's like girl you're about to poop out a baby those those paternal instincts kicking in. <laughs> the paternal instincts, indeed. Mm-hmm. Because his sister... he's like, mm, mm, yeah. mm. He's like, it's almost yeah, time to fuck. Yeah, because his sister has... <laughs> yeah. just, a, just a couple more months. Gotta let that vagine heal. Yes, because that would be very painful if she immediately had to have sex with him. <laughs> He takes her upstairs, and while him, Cheryl, Olympia, and um, Mallory are upstairs, Gary decides to play classical music while spreading out pictures of the creature. And Gary's full on bonkers, by the way. Yes. Yes. I feel like that should be stated here. Um, Uh He's full on definitely a patient from the mental hospital that he was talking about earlier mm-hmm. and he's kind of like dressed as like a psycho psychiatrist like he has like a business jacket yeah. and like slacks and kind of like one of those like um one shoulder backpacks so as mallory delivers her baby gary places the birds in the fridge in the fridge and uncovers the windows downstairs uh, Tom checks on Gary um, and spots the drawings of the creature. And as Douglas orders Tom to grab the shotgun and is like, hey, like he's crazy, like you need to get the shotgun. He put the birds in the freezer. Gary knocks Tom out and opens the garage door so that Douglas could 
get infected by the entity and once olympia gives birth to her baby which is the baby girl uh gary arrives and opens the windows and is like oh look look at look outside yeah and sandy's like fuck you no and olympia's like wait what outside Mm-hmm. I need. I should like. I should look outside, huh? Yes. <laughs> Dumb bitch. So once Olympia sees outside, she immediately goes into a trance. Mallory manages to grab Olympia's baby before Olympia jumps through the window, killing herself. She full on just busts through that thing. That window is closed, and she said, "Guess what? It's open now." <laughs> yes. <laughs> Gary also forces Cheryl to open her eyes and kind of he like pries her eyes open. Yeah, he like puts his fingers around her, her face. Yeah, he yeah. physically like, it's gross. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's disgusting. No one should be that close to your eyes ever, but his no, fingers no. are not even an eye like, doctor. Not even an eye Yeah, exactly. Yes. And, and so he like for- forcibly pries her eyes open and she's just like, oh shit. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, what are you going to do? You can't really go like this because you're still <laughs> See, seeing. See, I'd go straight for the balls. I'd be like. Or you go, uh, yeah, just like, or even just like a quick, like, katoi. Yeah, as far, and, and she you said she, she was short, right? So she could have fully, yeah. she could have done so much and just. She could have just, just dead weighted like, herself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> she could have just marionette puppeted and been like, Mm-mm. Yeah, oh, yeah, that, that would have worked. <laughs> Not looking. So eventually, Cheryl is in goes into a trance by the entity and stabs herself in the neck with a pair of scissors oh yeah it's rough yeah because like the music cuts and then you just hear the stabbing happening yep yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and all that while sandy's like laying on the bed behind her with the two with two new fresh humans yeah yes yeah, and then she has a blanket over her and the kids' heads. Yeah. And Gary walks up to Mallory and it's like, oh, can you give me, like, the babies? Like, you know, come on. And it's, like, tugging on the blanket before Douglas encounters him with a shotgun. So yeah. Douglas managed to break out of the garage. Um, and he has a shotgun, but his eyes are closed. So he's kind of, like, blindly aiming at, a, at yeah. Gary. And though Gary is shot in the shoulder, uh, Gary tackles Douglas, and it causes the two to fell off, like fall over, like this balcony. Yeah. So the way that it's like set up is that it's kind of like a loft area in a way, where yeah, it's like up... it's like a foyer that you can then see the upstairs. Yeah, basically. Without uh, like a hall wall or whatever yeah it's kind of like, it was like weird like wall fences where it's like pillars interior design with Jeanette and Elise <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> no it was just like it was like one of those things and like you get up the stairs and then like there's like that hall but it's just a balcony but you can like see down into the foyer slash see who's outside if the doorbell rings or you know if yeah. you're upstairs or vice versa if you're downstairs mm-hmm. you can look up so they fall over that the, yes. The banister. Mm-hmm. And Gary then stabs Douglas in kind of like near the heart, like on his chest with the scissors. 
and tries to take the shotgun away from Tom because Tom at this moment is he's like just come regan- to right yes he's like coming to <laughs> yeah he missed that trying- whole thing <laughs> probably the most swole ripped person in the house was mm-hmm. fully unconscious for that whole entire bit <laughs> yes yeah. he couldn't be the hero which is in his DNA yes right <laughs> All from like a can of like beans or something he gets knocked out by. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, something wild like that. Yes. So Mallory she's still under the blanket and she hears a few gunshots before Tom approaches her, telling her that everything is fine. And they kind of, you know, close the windows again and they're able to, you know, be safe basically. Five years later, Tom and Mallory, I'm assuming they're still in the house. It was kind of weird. It seemed like that they were I don't think they're in the house anymore. I think they're Mm -hmm. in a different house. Yeah. Okay. They're definitely, because they're more towards nature rather than suburbia. Okay, cool. But they've definitely fornicated. Oh, for sure. (laughs) At this point. There's no way they kept that going for five years. They're in a (laughs) full-blown marriage. Yes. (laughs) Uh, so Tom and Mallory uh, live together with the children who Mallory calls boy and girl. Yep, that's all you need to know about the boy and girl. She doesn't explain why, but it's assumed that I she assume doesn't. I assume it's like an attachment thing. She doesn't want to get attached yes. to them. Oh, I just figured it was her apathy towards children in general. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's I you. Mean, probably, yeah. Yeah. The so Mallory heads out to gather supplies and hears a group of people driving around. And when she comes back, she informs Tom about the group, saying that they seemed that they weren't blindfolded. It seemed that they could just drive around without blindfolds. Yeah. And so he tells her not to go on runs um, alone. And then there's also like a little like snippet where he pulls out some of the su- supplies that she got and he pulls out this like uh, slip and he's like, oh, what's this? And she's like, oh, it's for survival. It's like, oh, this is for survival? <laughs> yeah, it was. For uh, sexy it's survival. like lingerie, you mean. It's lingerie. Yeah, yeah she's a slip. I was like, a slip of paper? What is this? Well, like, it's not <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, I, I thought that too first. It's not like a bra and like a thong. It's like kind of one of those like... It's night- a nighty. Yeah, a nighty. Yeah. Okay. Or a... What, whatever they're called. I don't know what lingerie is, is called. I don't own any... Negligee. Negligee. Yeah, <laughs> it's lean jeery. That's all we know. <laughs> it's it's Victoria's Secret, basically. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something you can find at Victoria's Secret. Yeah, this episode is brought to you by Victoria's Secret. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she does not receive his dick. No. <laughs> which is unfortunate. That night. I swear to God. Just like a little bit of a sexy. <laughs> would have been great it's like a hint i mean bigger hint than hey here's some lingerie yeah just a just a a taste like even a burp i don't know just like a little (laughs) something that night uh they receive a transmission from the walkie-talkie from a guy named rick 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 the blind guy that we talked about for 12 (laughs) minutes earlier That one blind guy, not the other one. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> not the blind guy who's actually blind. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> True. They received transmission from him informing 
then that, oh, he, there is a safe community hidden in the forest that's only accessible uh, by boat down the river. So Tom believes that the guy may be telling the truth, but Mallory worries that the guy could be another Gary. And later that night, Tom tries to tell boy and girl a story about his childhood memory of climbing a tree with his friends. However, Mallory stops the story time and orders the kids to go to bed, believing that they would try to climb trees and look outside, you know, without blindfolds. After that argument, Tom later tells Mallory that he saw a nest on top of the tree with birds before they flew away. And it's kind of like this, like, I guess, like, symbol of, like, there's hope. I think this is, like, when they kind of do, like, a makeout scene or something. Like, she wears, like, a the slip that she brought, and they they make up. <laughs> they make up. <laughs> Behind closed doors. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, never it's shown. Implied, it's implied that they knock boots. They it's don't. just <laughs> rude that people with that much sexual tension, it's just rude. <laughs> <laughs> it's implied, though. I'm invested in a relationship here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So the next day, uh, they stop by a house to gather more supplies before they go on the journey. And while there, a group of uh, unblindfolded survivors attack them. And Tom orders Mallory to take the kids and head to the boat by themselves. Wait, have they had their Pop-Tart yet? Yes, this is around yeah, the time they that had they the had pop-tart. their Pop-Tart. Okay, I thought that was cool because like... They, they had, had the Pop-Tart pop when she brought home the slip too. Okay, got it. <laughs> it was kind of funny because she's like, oh, this is what strawberry tastes like. And I'm like, I mean... Jeanette it's... lost her mind when we watched <laughs> that together. That was the like peak comedy for Jeanette. Uh, which to be fair, it is funny but it it wasn't that funny Jeanette. <laughs> uh, yeah i wouldn't call it well, comedic like, <laughs> well because like i i thought it was funny because it's like it's not even strawberry it's like artificial version of yeah. strawberry so yeah. i'm like what the fuck it's not even strawberry <laughs> like, it's like, strawberry enough yeah this episode is not brought to you by pop tarts <laughs> no no tom gives uh, Mallory his necklace and he's like I love you so much she and the kids leave before he heads to the front door so Tom distracts the assailants as Mallory heads through the backyard and when one of the guy, one of the assailants spots Mallory and the kids Tom from great marksmanship managed to shoot down two of them well because he's got like a like a doesn't he have like a military background yeah yeah he served in the military but i mean it's, a, it's pretty good blindfolded yeah. like he was able <laughs> i mean i'm not shocked by anything tom can do he's a fucking superhero <laughs> as far as i'm concerned the hottest superhero that's ever existed yes with really great teeth <laughs> the most amazing teeth you've ever seen in your life i mean among if you're a teeth things. person Good God, just looking at him, it's like a penny. Among drug. many, many <laughs> other things. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Nothing? <laughs> it Why like elaborate you, you more? more? <laughs> no, I'm just going to think about it now. 
going to think about the many other things while you continue talking. Okay. After they exchange gunfire, Tom is injured. One of the assailants, like, kind of follows Mallory. And then Tom is like, oh, fuck it. And then just unblindfolds himself. He removes his, his blindfold. And he manages to shoot the two more attackers uh, before heading to the last attacker who's still following Mallory and the kids. But as he's walking through the forest, um, Tom sees the entities. Yeah. However, he managed to still uh, shoot and kill the last attacker before killing himself. There's like a silent moment where Mallory heads back to their house and hears the gunshots and knows that Tom is not coming back. And she spends like the rest of the night just like crying and mourning, you know, for Tom. Feeling that they have to seek a new shelter, Mallory decides to go on the journey towards the sanctuary and 40 hours later, uh, we're back and is to... It, sorry. The yeah. journey, w- that was something Tom was pushing for that she didn't want to do initially, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a good moment. It's like a, it's like a let's do what dad wants to do. Yes. Even though we've just lost him. Yeah. We're now back to the future present. So we're now like present. We've caught up with the future. Yeah. We've come full circle. Mm-hmm. Mallory decides like to have a meeting because they're right before the rapids and she decides who should look. When girl volunteers, Mallory could not force herself to choose and decides that no one will look. And yeah. they would just go blind. But I'd say like between. Which it's like, thank fucking God because my butt has still been tight since then. My, butt, my yes. butthole's just like... <laughs> <laughs> but I'd say like between the time that girl was like, because girl kind of realizes because she's like Academy Award she winning six year old girl, she like she knows it's like it's coming. <laughs> she's like, Mally's gonna yeah. pick me. I'm God, just that little volunteer. girl is such a powerhouse. Yeah, and so no, like she, she, um, she's like, I'll look fine. There's a long tension between when girl volunteers and when Mallory says, never mind. <laughs> so you're just sitting yeah, there yes. and like, oh, no, just like freaking out. Everything inside yeah. of your body is clenched. Exactly. And, mm-hmm. and apparently everything in your body is clenched. <laughs> everything, your tootsies, your fingies, your butthole, your throat hole, everything's clenched. You're holding down the vomit. You're holding in the poo. <laughs> Maybe you're in. Who knows? Maybe you're PP too. Who's the same? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. All the holes. <laughs> are sink is so angry at this. <laughs> <laughs> and Zinga, you have something to say? No, no, no. She sure. wants to get off of the clinch. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm just sitting here letting her, her do her thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Moments later, they encounter the rapids, which cause the boat to overturn once they kind of go through this, like, short uh, waterfall. And after some difficulty, Mallory saves um, boy and girl, and they make it to uh, shore and travel through the forest. 
in that moment, if you're Elise and it's the first time you're watching the movie, you kick the blanket off, leave that leg up in the air for a minute before standing and pacing while still watching it. But to be fair, Elise does that for every movie she watches. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, yes. So as they walk, uh, Mallory can hear Jessica and Douglas's voice encouraging her to look at them and it's kind of like various like degrees of like voices they would be like oh like you know come look at me you know look remove your blindfold and then some of them is like look at me or you know yeah it gets more aggressive as the Mm -hmm. deeper they go so she she accidentally trips on a branch and falls down this hill and boy and girl notices that Mallory's not with them and calls out for Mallory but as a result they end up walking away from each other so Mm -hmm. now all of them are separated and it's a terrifying moment oh yes (laughs) this is very terrifying (laughs) so the entities uses uh, Mallory's voice to trick the kids into taking their blindfolds off Mm -hmm. and even girl is like oh are you sure like you know I thought you would be mad yeah and the voice is like no trust me like just you know remove your blindfold so soon mallory regains consciousness and orders the children not to listen to the voices and to keep their blindfolds on she eventually finds boy who has like this like uh kind of like bike bell with him yeah yeah so once she finds boy uh she calls out for girl but boy informs her that girl is scared of her Mm -hmm. and this is kind of like the moment where mallory kind of develops as a character like she has like a character development this is her mom moment she's turning Mm -hmm. into a mom right here and right now mallory apologizes to girl for being mean to her and for not not allowing tom to finish his story and then she reveals that tom's story ended with all of them together at the top of the tree and encourages her to come to her so they can all be together and then moments later girl finds mallory and boy and it's kind of like a really sweet moment because like mallory's crying and holding the two of them and it's like yeah again it's that it's the she's a mom now and she accepts that and it's sweet if you like kids and moments like that <laughs> yes and it makes me cry when I think about it uh mallory and the kids continue on their journey as uh, mallory tries to hear the birds because the guy says you know if you hear the birds run towards them and as they're walking around tom's voice calls out for mallory's name and Mallory hesitates because, you know, she wants to, you know, be with Tom again, but knows that it's not Tom. And Tom encourages her to remove her blindfold before the entities, like, just charge at the three of them. It's kind of like that weird moment because, like, it's Tom's voice, but towards the end, it's not. And then 
you hear this like loud crash and it's just like this wind coming towards them basically they manage to make it to the sanctuary and once inside the this group of people ask them to open their eyes and once like everyone is clear and all their eyes are normal this is when rick enters the scene uh rick the blind guy rick the blind guy (laughs) (laughs) so rick greets them and tells them that they are safe and they soon discovered that this is a former school for the blind and they kind of head to this courtyard where most of the people are like hanging out there's like some people who are blind and then there are other people who you know are just normal like have like normal eyesight mallory decides that oh they should release the birds to join the rest of the birds um because in this courtyard there's like all the birds out there Mm -hmm. and rick informs them that oh like they they're kind of like the warning signs for the people who have eyesight and once they do that uh dr lapham um reads them so she asks their the kids their names and that's when like both of them are like boy girl, girl. and then Lapham has this kind of like sad face on her that she's like oh god she didn't even like she didn't even develop- name them <laughs> yeah she didn't even name them so she's Mallory- like she's like Sandy you can do better than boy and girl <laughs> you shaking her (laughs) finger at her so mallory is like oh actually you guys have names so she informs girl that her name is actually olympia Mm -hmm. and boy is tom i feel like it was kind of rude for her to name her olympia and not like a disney princess like her mother wanted (laughs) i feel that was like a that was a stupid name i'm not naming her that (laughs) <laughs> that's fair <laughs> that is fair i don't disagree but i understand the the sweetness of her being named after her mom but yes yeah. i don't i i see what you're saying and i agree with it yeah same here so she informs them that she is their mother and then dr lapham takes olympia and tom uh to play with the other kids which is kind of weird because they all smell so I'm like, shouldn't they like <laughs> take a shower before they play? I'm just saying. I like, love you know... the way your brain works, dude. <laughs> so random. <laughs> Which is kind of weird because they smell. <laughs> you know, and like lice. Like, you know, you don't want to have lice. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my gosh. Um, so while the kids are playing... Uh, Mallory looks at the birds, uh, relieved that they are safe and sound. And that's the end of the film. We've done another one. We did it. We did it. (laughs) Uh, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on Mallory? Hot as shit. Yeah, she did her thing. She was, she was clearly playing someone way younger. Could, uh, could, could open up more, if I'm being... If I'm being honest. <laughs> right. Like, good for her. She's a winner. That much I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of 
I like her. I like Sandra Bullock. I think like this was a pretty good performance. Yeah. I kind of felt it was kind of funny that you know her whole thing of like not being attached to like children was still intact when she named the kids boy and girl. Mm-hmm. But then like you know she had a good like character development towards the end. Yeah. Aside from her, what about Tom? <laughs> yeah, he was fucking attractive. He's the hottest thing that's ever existed, I think, in the world. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure. He's just so gorgeous. He was so gorgeous, so good looking, he... so attractive. Like, I God need a did bop good that just day. thinking about him. <laughs> God, God topped, topped herself that day. Yeah. She said, you know what? Perfect. And we said, thank you. I feel like she accidentally spilled some everything nice in there. Just a little too much. Like a heavy pour that day. Because good God. She did. And she said, the hottest smile kid anybody's ever seen. Boink. Mm -hmm. And uh, just general hotness. Oh, that might be too much. Oh, well. (laughs) It's already in there. It's like, oh, well. (laughs) Can't do anything. Let's just keep mixing it on up. This fucking note, Jeanette, is just, you've added me so hard. It's so rude. Jeanette, Jeanette, Jeanette wrote, thoughts on the film, A, Mallory, B, Tom, one, Tom's smile, two, Tom's looks, and then under that it says, anything Elise wants to talk about in terms of Tom. I believe I've done that throughout (laughs) <laughs> this conversation. Yep, I wanted to give you more time in case if you, in case if you have more. Listen, if he said, "Hey, Elise, I'd say let's have a baby." <laughs> after he's done That's giving me one, though. <laughs> yes, after yes, <gasps> we should be sister wives. That'd be cute. Oh my God. <laughs> I'd be down for that. <laughs> In Utah, where Jeanette's Because banned. at least we know where he is, you know? <laughs> Do you guys have any, like, thoughts about the other characters? What other characters? It's only the two of them in my <laughs> yeah, book. just the two. Anything else that you guys want to talk about? or uh, I would say, real quick, um, for me, I thought it was weird that they didn't explain that the entities couldn't go inside. Um, I know I complained yeah. about this when we when we saw the movie, but it still gets me a lot. Like the fact that they drove to the um, grocery store and then they were like, "Okay, great, we're in the grocery store. Let's pull our blindfolds off." It's like, did they determine that they can't come inside? I, I, that confused me the whole time. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. That and also why I guess mentally divergent, like severely mentally divergent people are just like able to to, to continue living. Yeah. I don't know, like it was kinda of, I I agree. There's some unexplained lore that that could do with some explanation, but overall I mean yeah. Right. And that too, like, because I feel like there were varying levels of that, which you said mentally, but divergent, because Gary was able to convince everyone, including us, that, yeah. you know, he, there was nothing wrong with him until like a day later, <laughs> right? Yeah. Whereas like, um, other blind guy happy or whatever in the in the river was like, you need yeah. to take your blindfold off now. Like, it just, it, and it, I feel like 
that explanation uh well needed more explanation because it was just it needed an explanation yeah exactly yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah i also know like in some of the reviews that there were a lot of like people like kind of criticizing the film about like its use of suicide as like cause of this like entity that they're like oh like it's a thing that makes you kill yourself yeah yeah because like they kind of felt that it didn't really explain why people commit suicide and that it's like a completely like deeper level of like meaning or like just like a deeper level of like research that one has to do to understand that Mm -hmm. and then also people felt that no one would immediately kill themselves like right away if they were ever in that state you know yeah that was kind of it in terms of like the criticism but it's like i don't know it's kind of for me i would say like it is hard when you're doing something like the happening and bird box like it's kind of hard to fully explain in like a two-hour film about this like unknown entity that's happening but yeah maybe it, it was explained more into the book who knows yeah, I'm sure that that's a possibility. Yeah, I'd say if it was a miniseries, we'd have all of our answers. Also, we'd have a yeah. sex scene or two. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Overall, like, what did you guys think about the film? Cinematically, very pretty. Mm-hmm. Cinematically pleasing to the eyes. As far as apocalyptic film films go, it is, it's personally one of my favorites, just because that's not my favorite genre. That's not a genre for me. Uh, yeah. So those are, I mean, it's one that I can watch, have watched, and would watch again. Is that mainly because of Sandy? Yeah. Is it also mainly because of because of Tom? Yeah. Absolutely it is. And Zinga, do you have any thoughts? Um, yes, I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was really thrilling. I feel like not, not at all these uh, thriller movies on Netflix get me, but this one really did, and I, and I had it. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really exciting. I, too, really enjoyed Sandra Bullock and Trevante Rhodes uh, a lot, and that's really the main reason to watch it. Um, Mm -hmm. I also just, Mm -hmm. um, for me, personally, like, I liked it more than A Quiet Place. I do, too. I'll be honest about that one. So, uh, having seen, because I saw A Quiet Place, like, when it came out in theaters, like, in April, Mm -hmm. and then then I watched Burr Box, and I feel like, they're both good movies the experience of bird box really got me and i really enjoyed it so um that's it's definitely a recommend for me yeah i really i think it's like probably one of the best like netflix um content because i kind of feel like netflix is mostly a miss because it's either not so great script or just like really bad like production because like they're kind of like quickly making it and not really focusing on the quality of it but yeah they're focusing on quantity and on quality of content yeah so you could really like see that they you know took the time to like make sure that this is really good and i'm really glad that they took out the uh creature yeah they just made it anonymous and invisible (laughs) because i think that would 
make it into like kind of like a B movie rather than like oh, a... right. It would have sucked if yeah. that yeah. creature was in yeah. there. Yeah, I yeah I feel like mm-hmm. it's it, that would be closer to like that bright movie that they did because it kind of looks like that creature too. <gasps> yeah, yes. mm-hmm. you're so yeah. right. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. uh, what I was gonna say is like um, I'm pretty sure Bird Box was like number one, the number one watch movie on Netflix until a few months ago and we're like 2022 right now yeah um so it was like the number one most watched netflix movie for like almost four years uh, until mm-hmm. red notice uh took it over yeah yeah mm-hmm. and i haven't seen that one yet yeah no. i haven't seen that either it's pretty good i would recommend i don't think it's something that i would watch it like every single time but i would watch like some scenes because it had really great chemistry, um, aka Tom and Mallory. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, it's pretty, pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. So yeah, that is it for this special uh, episode. <laughs> As I have my arms, <laughs> <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at j a n d m underscore podcast. Uh, if you like this episode, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you, Elise, Dean, and Nzinga Murray Anytime. for participating. <laughs> and hope you guys come back next week. Bye. 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 Bye.